It's time to break down the X's and O's on Giants Rewind. What is this that denies your foot? With Carl Banks, a New York Giants podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the most recent edition of Giants Rewind with Carl Banks. Carl Banks with me. I am John Schmelk. Thank you for being with us. The Giants fall in disappointing fashion, Carl, to the Dallas Cowboys, 37-18. to And I think really the disappointing part of this is the score not indicative of how close the game was. The Giants were up by nine with just two minutes to go in the first half. They were only trailing by one heading into the fourth quarter, and then the Cowboys outscored the Giants 21-3 to in the fourth. Well, it's the difference between... Uh, knowing how to win football games and expecting to do well versus hoping you can finish out the game and hoping nothing bad happens. You've got to be able to execute your way to victory. And the one thing that this Giants team collectively didn't do was execute when they needed to. And there were lapses at times that allowed the uh, Dallas Cowboys to get off the hook. You know, on their first score to the tight end, just play coverage. If if, uh, Dak Prescott wants to run the football, let him. He's not that fast anymore. He doesn't seem like he's outrunning anyone. So why come up out of coverage and give him an easy throw? And that turned into a calamity of... of, uh, Poor tackling. Poor tackling. And pursuit. At the the end of um, of that play. So... You know, you got them where you want them. You're playing well on third downs. And you let them off the hook to the tune of a touchdown. So, you know, getting close, getting close is the story of this this uh, this season. They've got to figure out how to do the right things from an execution standpoint to walk away with victory. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it giving up the wrong plays at the wrong time. And if you look at the overall numbers, they actually only allowed three plays of 20 or more yards. That's pretty good, given what this team has done. But you mentioned the Jarwin catch. Mm -hmm. Then you have the backbreaker, which is the Amari Cooper deep in cut Mm -hmm. late in the game when it was another situation guys weren't executing the assignments they were given. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is it's it's all fixable, John, but, you know, how long will you continue to say – you know, we were just a few plays from being where we needed to be. You just can't. It's it's a it's a it's a story that has to end, if you will, because if you know what those plays are, then you've got to make an effort. And they're different each week, and it's a different person each week. But how is it that you can walk in and you know exactly where? Your your mistakes are, and you also know coming into the game your margin for error is not that great. You don't have a lenient one. So you've got to make a concerted effort to say, it's not going to be me this week. i got to do everything as close to perfect as possible. i got to understand what's asked of me. Uh, i got to understand how I can help my quarterback out. All of these types of things are, are – um, issues or points of points of fact that they have to take as a mindset. Let's talk about some of the specific issues from this game. Giants couldn't run the ball, Carl. Saquon Barkley averaged two yards per carry. His longest run was eight yards. 
He did add the long screen pass, but on four other catches, they gained two yards. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys were all over him. The offensive line did not produce a lot of room. What were some of the fundamental issues you saw throughout the game in the Giants' running attack? Well, I don't want to sit here and say it was exclusively the offensive line. Um, You give the Dallas Cowboys defensive front some credit, too. Um, They give you a lot of movement up front. They're very, very good, one of the best in the business. So they're going to give you some problems. But the running back also has to be decisive in his approach to the run game too because those guys are moving so much on the defensive side. you gotta, you got to stick your foot in the ground and get vertical to at least give your offensive linemen a chance, you know. Um, and there were a few times where you could see Saquon's waiting for you know, a bigger bigger door to open and it just doesn't. And he's just got to take what there's there and and go with it. So sometimes it's offensive line. Sometimes it's running back. Um, they've got to get in sync. You can't – and here's the other thing too, knowing how the Dallas Cowboys are built, you're better off running north and south vertical at them than you are east and west. You want to. You don't want those guys to be able to run at any angle. You want to. You want to make them come up and play blocks. And the Giants couldn't do that, and they didn't have a, a solution for Robert Quinn on a lot of those run plays too. He was just so disruptive. Yeah, and you take a look at him. Demarcus Lawrence on the other side also very disruptive. Michael Bennett, new addition, he was disruptive in the in the run game. And I think it links Carl to an issue that really, if you want to break it down, might be the biggest one in this game that cost the Giants to win. One of five in the red zone. They got to the red zone five times. They got help from the defense to get in the red zone. They got help from special teams to get in the red zone. But they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. How much of that is the inability to run the ball? Because we know how hard it is against a good defense to pass the ball in that condensed field. It's a matter of pride sometimes too, John. You get down there... Uh, on the one-yard line, you got to be able to punch it in. You got it's it's basically mano y mano, uh, your will, their will, and you got to somehow figure out how to get it in there. If you've got three tries, um, that's something else they've got to figure out. It can't be denied from the one. I mean, lack of scoring in the red zone, especially when you're right in the goal to go. Uh, situations, if you can't get anything out of that, and they were in two goal-to-goal situations where they ended up with field goals. So, um, can't do that. They've got to be able to punch it in. And I think that's kind of where, if, if you want to pick out an area besides the fourth quarter, Carl, where this game was lost, you go to the first half. Until Daniel Jones throws that interception at the end of the half, the, the Giants were plus two in turnover ratio in the first half. Uh, they were doing well with time of possession, as we talked about on the radio sure. broadcast. Uh, they s- get that first possession after the interception at the eight-yard line, settle for a field goal. Next time, they get down there, they score the touchdown. Then they get down inside the Dallas 10 again, kick a field goal. So you're up 12-3. You could be up 20-3 to or 17-3. Mm-hmm. Rosas misses an extra point in that mix, yep. too, which is a problem. And then... You allow Dallas to have two scores at the end of the half, so instead of being up 12-3, you're down 13-12. Yeah, and that's that was, in my opinion, a pivotal 
uh, moment in the game for them to get two scores before they go in at halftime and they were looking on the other side of what two minutes less than two minutes on the other side of a minute 39 they were looking at a deficit I mean it, just that simple they were looking at a deficit on with what was it like a minute and 39 or something like that when yep. they took the ball mm-hmm. so um that's that was definitely a turning point, the turning point, if you will, because it gave them so much momentum coming back. And the Giants tried to blunt that momentum by coming out in the second half and getting a, 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 a great screen pass, first series of the game to get it down to the one-yard line, only to kick a field goal. And I think the frustrating thing for Giant fans watching this game is that, especially in the first half, the Cowboys did everything they could to give the Giants an opportunity to take command of the game. We talked about the turnovers. Over the course of the game, the Cowboys had 10 penalties for 104 yards. When the game got chippy, it was Dallas getting those penalties. It wasn't the Giants getting those penalties. But the Giants just were not able to take advantage. And by the time we got to the second half, the Cowboys settled down a little bit. And by then, it was too late. And the thing is, John, when you are that team, meaning the Giants, where your effort is winning effort, there's no one that's going to ever discount how hard this team plays, but your execution is losing execution. You just have to figure it out. I mean, listen, you can't blame scheme on everything because there's user error. Uh, all over the place, and week to week, it's something different. And they've just got to be accountable to each other to to try to get something done. I mean, they these are winnable games. In this game, they could have they could have just walked away and stole that game from the Dallas Cowboys and felt great about themselves because the one thing we haven't mentioned during this whole conversation are some of the great plays that this giant team made. How about that golden take catch? Golden Tate, uh, Jabril Peppers, big turnover cost. Uh, Bethay interception to start the game. interception to start the game. You got um, Lorenzo Carter who draws two crucial holding calls on one of the best tackles in the league. So there's so much, right, that when they turn that film on, if this were victory, they'd be giving game balls out left and right. But because of the three or four plays a game that they can never recover from, because there's the, the margins are so tight. Offensively, couldn't run the ball. They've manufactured five yards at a time, though. You know, that's another thing that if you were looking for your silver lining, which you can't right now because you're, you're, you keep staining it. But – Okay, they went against a tough defense. They still found a way to generate about five yards on first down to keep them in manageable situations. But yet, you can't talk about that (laughs) because of all the things that they've done to negate their good work. So, I mean, when people are like, well, they they lack creativity or they lack this and these guys don't play hard. Well, they play hard. They're creative enough to try to get to keep themselves in the game. Now, the downside to them keeping themselves in the game is the fact that they didn't have to. They had a lead. They could have they increased their margins. That's when you really test the creativity 
of a play caller, not the one that keeps you in the game against a tough defense, but one that lets you bury them. And, Carl, I want to bring that up about burying somebody because a lot of people out there, and I disagree with it. I disagree with it last night when people brought it up to me. Almost universally, people are like, I don't understand. When the Giants got the ball back at the end of the second quarter, and I'll give the exact situation here so people know exactly where the Giants were at. Uh, They had, I believe, all their timeouts remaining, if I'm not mistaken. The Giants get the ball back with 48 seconds to go on their own 26-yard line, and the Giants have their timeouts. The way this Giants defense has played this year, Carl, when quite frankly a lot of times the opponent can score as many points as they Mm -hmm. think is necessary to win. I don't understand why you would not give your offense an opportunity there, especially after you've had to settle for field goals to score more points. I get you don't want to risk a turnover there, but at some point, don't you have to trust your guys? (laughs) Trust is a very, very big word. John. Don't you have to have confidence in your guys? <laughs> like, you know, you there there's their trust is earned, you know. Um and I don't know if they've earned that on a consistent basis. That's fair, but I do believe this team needs as many points as they can yes, the way the defense is. I don't is disagree played. with you there, but the the thing is, John, it's it's you look at you you call it trust and then there's if anything that could go wrong probably will go wrong you know yeah th- th- three plays later brain. interception I yeah. get it right yeah. I know and but b- by the way shouldn't have thrown the pass Slayton should have done a better job well, locating he it in the threw air threw the pass um maybe it wasn't a good pass it wasn't on target right but it wasn't that far off target because the safety coming over intercepted it. Maybe just inside yard, the numbers, yeah, something like a that. yard and a half from the intended receiver. So if the receiver's tracking the football, he's probably led into that direction. And we looked at the tape; he didn't turn his head to look for the ball until he was thirty yards downfield. Yeah. So if the receiver looks up, he tracks the ball. At worst, he breaks it up and they punt. Um, but you know, you you not a lot you can do. Because Dallas had their timeouts at that time, too. So you wanted to try to strike, change field position, and and see what you could come up with. But it just – this is kind of the story of the season. Last one on the offense, and I want to get a couple things from you on the rush defense because I know you talked about, it, about that a lot last night on the radio broadcast. The sacks, are we starting to see a little bit of a formula here for how to not only disturb – a rookie quarterback in terms of blitzing him and getting to pressure on him, but also how with this offense and this offensive line group, how to best go about getting to the quarterback? No, I think what we're seeing now, um, John, are a lot of replications of what's been successful. There's not necessarily a blueprint for the kid um, because when Dallas played the first time, against the Giants in Dallas, the Giants did a pretty good job handling their twist because that's what exposed um, Hernandez early in his career, his first game. Last year, the Giants did not handle the Cowboys' twist. Yeah, he was in the spin cycle. So this first game this year, the Giants did okay there. They did. The one thing that has surfaced is the middle linebacker being included in the pass rush, and he's coming late. The Lions, who never blitz, right, 
all of a sudden the Giants saw a good share of that. Well, the same thing holds true for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Dal- Not known to be their low-percentage blitzing yeah. team, right? They blitzed 11 times on Sunday. They on blitzed night, 11 times. And so for the Giants, it's not a matter of there's a formula that knows how to get to the young quarterback. It's just get to him. But the thing for the Giants, is they got to expect that if anything worked, that they've got to correct it because they're going to see it again. Um, because the statute says that this is not a blitzing team, don't expect them not to blitz when the team that you just played had success blitzing you. Is it just a matter of communication for this offensive line group handling not just the blitzes from the middle linebacker, but a lot of those twists and stunts? We had those long, looping yeah, blitzes in this game. Yeah, twists and stunts is just a communication thing and expecting it. You know, even if it doesn't come, you know this guy is going to come here based on alignment. Um, it was just it, it. They've got they've got to protect themselves against the stuff that hurt them the week before or two weeks before, because ultimately, you know, when your quarterback's not hanging on to the ball or your quarterback's not going through his progressions, uh, and we saw that down in the red zone one time where the quarterback stayed almost to the left middle of the field, and he had Gallman on a play that Gallman scored on uh, earlier in Daniel Jones. I think it might have been Daniel Jones's first touchdown of his career. Yeah, against Tampa, I think, yeah. Yeah, um, but he never even got back over there, which tells me that internally his clock, he's saying, I may not be able to get over, so let me just stare this down. He's got to get himself settled down, which means that the offensive line have got to help him get settled back down again. Did he do something wrong on that run where he lost the ball and fumbled? He had two hands on it. He got the first down if he would have held on to it. Well, you coaching him up. What do you tell him on that? Hold on to the football. <laughs> Simple as that. Hold on to the football. Um, whatever you got to do, just hold on to the football because two hands sometimes is not enough. All right, defense. Ezekiel Elliott said after the game, Carl, that it was maybe the easiest 140-yard game he's had. Uh, yeah. I think Pro Football Focus had him for 50 yards before contact yeah. over the course of the game. What did you see uh, in that front seven, whether it was the defense line or the linebackers, where he was able to have so much room, especially on those cutbacks on those outside zones? Well, the Giants front three or play side three played the, played the run excellent. And the backside of the defense – you always had one unblocked player. And the other guy who was on the block who, if he plays his gap responsibly, there's no gut, there's no cutback. But every time Elliott cut back, there's either guys over-pursuing. Upfield, yep. Or guys that just never close down the backside. Um, you got some youth out there. I saw one time Zimenez just watched it cut back and – forgot it's football you can go hit the guy you know instead of just standing there holding your your (laughs) position whatever that you thought that was you can go down and he did it later in the game and it was no gain no gain so I just think the Giants fundamentally have to have a better understanding of how plays run it's not just the guys on the front side it's a it's a 11 man uh, configuration. So you've got if you have an opportunity to do your part, 
your backside of the play. It's not a day off for you if you're on the backside of the play because it's going to come back if the guys on the front side do their job. Good special teams who kick off returns, bad special teams. Oh, yeah. One Third. more thing that you can't talk about success, right? <laughs> um, Cody Latimer, yeah. two almost 50-yard returns. Unfortunately, Third straight week, Aljic Rosas has a missed kick. Yeah, Rosas has got to get that together. Um, it, it's 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 becoming a problem, you know, and these are chip shots. And you can't afford to leave points on the board when you no, have that slim margin of error. because they come – with a team like this, those missed kicks come back to haunt you, you know, and you end up – and it puts the coach in a horrible situation too – because he's chasing points, yeah. and at whatever time he decides to chase that extra point, he's going to be second-guessed. Well, did he do it too early? Did he wait too long? You know, shouldn't he have gone and gone for two after a big play or something like that? So the kicker has a job. It's one job. Make, make field goals. Finally, Carl, what is it going to be like in both New York locker rooms this week? The Giants and the Jets – Neither one playing their best football right now. They're heading into a game where both teams desperately need a win. What is this going to be like for these two groups getting ready for the game and then when they take the field on Sunday? Well, every team in the league has their things that they want to correct after a loss and after a victory. But these two teams are in the predicaments that they're in for their own separate reasons. My assumption is that they're going to come out and they're going to play hard because they need to win. And the Giants need to win just as bad. So it should be interesting. And it really comes down to when when your record says what these two teams' record says it is, you're not doing a lot of things right. So it's really going to come down. Well, you're not doing enough right things. Let's put it that way. Um, So it's going to come down to which team executes best. Carl, I hope when we do this next Monday, we can have a happy Giants rewind hmm. and we can enjoy a Giants victory, but we'll see. Uh, the- right now, all we're enjoying is their effort. Yes, that is true. They are giving you great effort, but their execution is not there. Well, and we'll see if they can get it where it needs to be in order to beat the Jets. And folks, just remember, no games in this league are easy. You have to play well if you want to win, and that's what the Giants will try to do on Sunday against the Jets. Carl, good stuff as always. Thank you, sir. Carl Banks, Giants Rewind. Make sure if you're listening to this on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, you can also find it on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe and make us part of your favorites and leave a positive review if you're on Apple Podcasts. For Carl Banks, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next week on Giants Rewind after the Giants take on the Jets at MetLife Stadium Sunday at 1. Adios.